ora iti iwi and welcome to Inside Netball. My name is Storm Purvis and round five only brought us one game for the weekend as we continue to deal with COVID-19 postponements. And you may think that that means we won't have much to talk about, but never fear, plenty to discuss. And joining me to do just that is commentator Jenny Woods and former Silverfins captain Adine Wilson. Kia ora, ladies. How are you? Kia Well, we have to start with last night. Uh, the steal down by 11 against the Pulse at three-quarter time, down in Wellington. It went to extra time. The steal came away with a three-goal win in the end. Adine, has there ever been a bigger comeback than that in ANZ Premiership netball? Where's Todd Miller when you need him? Yeah, where is Toddy? Oh, I can't remember one in, in recent time. Probably the latest, last one I remember would be, wasn't it the final and the Steel did the same and beat the Pulse in the um, dying minutes in the grand final in about 2019, was it, Jen? You've probably got it's a bit of memory behind that. Yeah, exactly. So Steel again. But, hey, no surprises. The Steel right of any team is going to do it. It's the Steel. The only really surprising bit is they did it without their um, Tuhungurao Salvi Ricket, who's usually the one that comes out and has her big paw, we often call it, and snaffles in those key intercepts. This time it was Serafina Wolf, and how good was she? I love it when someone that you're kind of not expecting to be the superstar in a match comes out and just blows everyone away. And I think she's going to be the talking point of the week or the, the name at the water cooler um, this week. That's for sure down in Invercargill and Dunedin. She was absolutely on fire, Jen. I loved it. Well, and I'm sure it was, but I do have to admit that I didn't watch all of it. I know. I watched a lot of it. I watched the beginning and then I watched the middle. But then by the time the three-quarter came around, I thought, oh, dear, this is blowing out. So I did have to take myself to bed, my excuse being, of course, that I work very early in the morning. But, uh, look, it's given me something very much to look forward to. Yeah, well, I was the complete opposite. I was working on The Crown Goes Wild um, while the game was playing, and my phone was going off, and we did a live cross to George Fisher immediately after the game, which was amazing, and I only came into work earlier on Tuesday morning and watched the final quarter and extra time, Jim. So we kind of complement right. each other there. Yeah, but I, I was trying to figure out what happened to the pulse, and, I mean, Adine, you were watching it at the time, and I just can't really tell whether it was the pulse that blew it or whether it was just the pressure that the steel came out with in that last quarter. I mean... Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, I think it was actually quite hard to pinpoint what it was. Um, and you spoke about George Fisher there, and I haven't seen your interview with her, but she was pretty fired up. I've never seen her. So, you know, she, her and Kelly Drew were having a right ding-dong battle. That was brilliant. But I think the steel just got that momentum. They got that momentum, and then all of a sudden you saw the pulse not unravel entirely, but you know what netball's like? People go out and go start doing that help-out mode. They almost start trying too hard instead of sticking to what had worked for three quarters of the match, doing their own job, letting the ball go, having confidence. That seemed to change. And I think, again, I go back to the defence for the steel and Kate Burley as well. They just picked up some intercepts that just made the pulse 
have that little bit of hesitancy. And as soon as you took that, took that pace away from the pulse and just gave that little bit of confidence to the steel, it just seemed to be this massive snowball effect. But I also love Joe Morrison, who loves a good coach cam. We love a good coach cam. And she was brilliant. And you can just imagine what poor Dianga was thinking from home on her couch, another coach that we've had to see um, miss a game because of COVID. But that must have been possibly, as a coach, one of the hardest games to sit at home and watch through a screen. She must have been absolutely screaming. Absolutely. And, and we can't blame the pulse defence end. We know we talk so highly of the steel defence end. But, you know, prior to that moment, actually even throughout extra time and that last quarter, Kelly Jury was on fire, Jen, the sort of 45 minutes that you watched. What did you make of Kayleigh Drew's performance? Eight games in a game, week after week after week, she's just been on fire. She has been, and what I noticed was, I, for a start, I thought, is George Fisher not on court? I mean, because I was, I was doing other things as the TV was on. And then I thought, oh no, there she is. And I thought that was um, quite telling, actually, that she had almost, almost, you know, overruled, if you like, Kelly, uh, uh, overruled George Fisher. So, um, yeah, an amazing. But then, of course, I've got to find out now what happened in that final 15 because it didn't obviously last. Well, uh, Kelly Jury was still great in the final 15, but the steel defence in down the other, other end, sorry, was just better. And um, someone who will be able to talk to us all about that was a steel defender who wasn't at the match. She is at home thanks to COVID-19 return to play protocol. It is their co-captain, Te Hungereo Selby Rickett, and she joins us now. How are you feeling and how was that watching from home, Hoochie? Um, hey, everyone. I feel good, actually. Um, it's been a while. It's been about two weeks now, so I'm getting a bit antsy. But, yeah, loved loved the game. Obviously, the last quarter and extra time was an, a highlight. Um, but, yeah, amazing. So proud of them. I thought, oh, yeah, it was just amazing. 11 goals in one quarter is insane and to fight back like that first I was saying bonus point bonus point bonus point and then suddenly I was like wait a minute wait, wait a minute we could actually win and they and they did that in the end so yeah super proud of them and yeah kind of expected but very unexpected at the same time there's a huge margin to pull in. Sarah Bainer Wolf amazing yeah. were you jumping yeah. off the couch as she was going for those intercepts like what did you yes. think of her, her match? Oh, she was unbelievable. And um, like Fiends has been injured, um, oh, sort of injured quite a lot. And so she's had this kind of build up and, and pulled, pulled out of trainings and monitored. So to see her play like that and really like show what she can do, I was yeah so excited for her. And yeah, I just thought she was amazing. And it was great to so everyone could finally see how good she is. What sort of viewer are you, who? Are you the sort of person who just sits quietly and it's all going on inside? Or are you out there and loud? <clears throat> I'm a quiet viewer. Um, I just sit there and kind of go, ooh, like I get quite nervous and I don't overly celebrate because, I, I don't know, I don't try, I try not to celebrate till the game's over and it's won because um, I've seen a lot of early celebrations and then suddenly you're, you've lost and so I just try to keep quiet until I know we've won but I'm, I'm quite a quiet, um, yeah, quiet celebrator. You and Ellie Wilshire and coach uh, Rianga Blossom <laughs> all at home. Were you guys watching together? Were you texting the whole time? No, we're all split up because I, I actually got it first. And so my seven days was up about a, a week ago. Um, Curly, Ali, and that got it last week. Um, Ali's in the mount. Curly's at home. Like, we're all in different stages um, of it. So, yeah, we're not together. But, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully really, really soon. 
How tough was it? I, I can't think of the last time you sat on the sideline and had to watch a match. Mm. You're always in these big matches. <laughs> How hard was that? Just one being on the sideline and two, having to watch from afar. That must have just been like doing your head in. Yeah, it, it, it is. The thing is, I'm actually a great netball watcher. I love watching it whether I'm supposed to be there or not. I obviously would prefer to be there. Um, but yeah, you're right. I haven't... Um... I haven't actually missed that many games at all. I've, I've never had an injury that's kept me out, which is, I don't know what that says in a great physio angle. Yeah, I'm not wood. dynamic enough, maybe, <laughs> um, to get a, a to get a serious injury. But um, yeah, it, it is really, really tough because you want to give them advice and you want to cheer them on and all that. Um, last, the Mystics game was really tough because that was the first one, but this is the second one and I'm kind of used to it, even though it's still only two. Um, but yeah, it's really tough. You just want to give them advice and all that kind of stuff. But it's a good learning just to be able to sit there and let them sort it out for themselves and, and let them work through it. And they obviously they obviously can, so that was really, really good to see. Her, I'll let you know, you haven't actually missed a game since 2016 for the Steel. You were set to bring up your 100th consecutive match before... Uh the spicy cough, which is a real shame, but I mean, I <laughs> you're a legend of, um, you know, elite netball in this country, which is why you have been named as one of the top 25 in our 25 years of elite netball. How special was that? Mm. Oh, I didn't even really know. I, I, th I almost find it quite embarrassing just because there's, like, I saw the list because we were all supposed to pick 25 and I could not do it. There was over 500, nearly 600 names on that list. And I could have picked literally 200 people easily. And so to pick 25 is just crazy. And yeah, it was a wee bit embarrassing because there's so many great players out there to choose from. But yeah, it's a real honour. It's probably because I haven't been injured in nearly that whole time. <laughs> and so I've just been hanging around um, the whole time. But yeah, it was, it was amazing. And yeah, such an honour to be on that list with yeah all those people and many more who weren't, who weren't on there that kind of should have been on there. Who there's 11 of the 25 have played for the Steel. Yeah. Yes, I did do that calculation, uh, Jenny and Storm, just to, you know, give the what Steel a surprise. A sting. But I was in that Sting team many years ago when you were, I'm thinking 16 uh, or 17, yes. and you came down. Yeah, uh, Robin brought and brought you down. Like, what are those memories of being a schoolgirl and mm. coming into a team, you know, Finis Mini? Lizzie Rumble, like that must have been pretty yeah. insane. It was, it was insane. And when I think about it, um, because I came for the fly, from the Flyers, which was even insane to be in that team um, as well. So I'd grown up around the area, but um, the Sting were just always on TV. I know they only had one or two games back then on TV, and so I always watched them and obviously just thought they were they were the best and so when Robbie asked me to move down there I was like what why <laughs> what do you want me because I just thought I just wasn't up to it and I probably wasn't up to it but the opportunity to go and play with like the likes of yourself Donna Leslie who else was there like Anna I could I just couldn't believe it I was like what the heck and even when I yeah even when I got there I was just like what am I doing here and I was still at school so I was just like I was almost like a fan coming to training to watch and then going to school, like, I, I just felt like I shouldn't have been there. But it was awesome. I just learned so much. And I, I just got to sit there week in, week out and just watch, like, the best players in the world play and see their competitiveness and how they won. Because Robbie always says, like, winning, you learn how to win. It's not if you want to be consistent. It doesn't just happen. You have to learn how to do it. And to see how you guys did it um, was just amazing. And it taught me so much. And I'm, I, I know I was so lucky. But, yeah, it was a huge cultural change and all that. But it was worth it because the experience and the st stuff I got to see and learn from 
that was yeah amazing. I've always been impressed too by your loyalty to to the team, but also particularly to Robin Broughton. Like you, you know, you followed her up to the polls. You came back when yeah. she came back. What was it about her that well, for a start, how did she pick you up, and and that made you, <laughs> you and your family trust her? You were, you know, you were young. I know. Yeah, that is quite amazing. I don't know if you guys have met my mother, but it is amazing that my my mum trusted her, <laughs> and especially to Invercargill because I think he's a very Māori environment, and that's what I've grown up in, speaking Māori pretty much all day, every day. And for her to, to say, yes, you can go down to Invercargill actually blows my mind because even now I'd be shocked if she, she did that again. Um, but, yeah, I met Robin at, at MPC. It was after one of our MPC games in Dunedin, and I saw her talking to my mum, and I knew who she was, and I just thought, Mum, what are you doing? Like, I just thought she had just rocked up to Robin and started talking to her because she was a fan of hers, and I was a bit embarrassed. But, yeah, I got there, and she asked me to come down, and I can't explain what Robbie's like. She's just amazing. Like, she has trust in, your, in her players, and then so you have trust in her straight away but our kind of games clicked very early and I and I don't know if it was her teaching me or I was already there but she definitely brought it out a lot um but what I loved about her she she kind of teaches you to think for yourself on court and she puts you in positions at training to that kind of challenge you extra d extra passes but she still lets you think for yourself um because she knows that's what you have to do when you're playing netball so that kind of style really clicked with me and yeah obviously I stayed with her for as long as I could. And Hooch, of course, back in those days, you were a shooter. You are down the other end of the court. Oh. Your transition to a defender, can you tell us a bit about that? And was it Robbie that kind of, you know, saw that in you? So I was at this 21 camp and decided <laughs> I wanted to jump. And because I'd been doing kind of both, um, yeah, it was kind of easy. And I hated shooting. But the thing is, I was so happy I did the transition. I was like, yes, this is me. Goodbye shooting. But Robbie was still using me as a shooter at school. And I honestly just wanted to change. But... Yeah, I'm really happy I did it now. I take my head off to shooters. It is a terrible, great but terrible job that, that they kind of have. And I love being on the other end, just trying to get the ball for them. I feel your pain, who? Once upon <laughs> yes. a time, I think I debuted for New Zealand at Gold Shirt and I was like, get rid of this. Oh, this is hideous. Who wants this pressure? You might be able to be the superstar when it goes in, but yeah, far more relaxing outside that shooting yeah. circle. Um, but... For me, you know, Jen touched on your loyalty, but you have stayed, mm. like, what is it about Invercargill? You know, I love Invercargill. My husband's from Invercargill. <laughs> I played there all those years. But not only have you stayed there, but you've dragged your family mm. south too. Your sister's been there, your brother's up in Dunedin. Like, what is it about yeah. that deep south that goes, I want to live here? I'm not too sure. I, I just get so comfortable here. Um it is nothing like where I'm from, but it isn't the same that it's kind of still a small community. You know, everyone sort of knows everyone or everyone talks to you um, like they do know you a lot. Um, and yeah, it just felt very similar to home, but also opposite to home. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it was me that pulled them. I, I, I know my sister definitely moved down to Dunedin to go to university there and ended up staying here. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure what happened with Manaki. I think I did pull him down here, actually. One of the rugby coaches asked me what he was doing. And he wasn't up to much. So, yeah, we I pulled him down here. But, yeah, I don't know. I just love how easy it is to get around here, how everyone just has your back, how we have the stadium over there that just has everything you can want. Our gym's there, the tracks there, all the courts are there. Um, and all the staff, Nigel, who runs the stadium, is just so good to us. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the comfortability and how small this place is, how easy it is to get around and how 
kind of we hang out with each other a lot in the team um, because it doesn't take you know an hour or half an hour to get to each other it's it's a minute or two so yeah you just get really close with your teammates and just hang out with them non-stop um but yeah I'm, I'm not quite sure what's kept me down here that long um probably just being comfortable down here and being so far away from my mum maybe <laughs> she actually doesn't watch this well, they seem to follow you around. Your parents are everywhere. But what I wanted yeah. to ask you was, um, this is your 18th season, I think. And yeah. I'm just sort of curious, really, as to what is it that keeps you going back, staying in this game? I mean, is, are we are we going to see, what, four, five more years out of you? Are you going to be a oh, Liana de Brain no. at 44? <laughs> good, no, good God. Um, I don't know. I think every every time I can't finish a preseason, I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate this. Um, but then you get into the games, and I think it's the like the competitiveness of the games, like that game like against the Pulse last night, that kind of thing. That you know, you're either up or down by one, and you know you need one turnover, and, and the crowd's going crazy, and you're just trying to get it, or that kind of thing. Like I love that part of the game, that kind of excitement. So that's what keeps me coming back. But honestly, every year I swear I'm never going to play again. And then suddenly it just rolls around and on back. Um, but yeah, and hanging out with the girls, we're, we're so lucky. You know, we this is our job, and we literally the trainings are terrible, but you're always doing it with all your mates. And even though we're doing some terrible shuttles, oh god, you you just kind of look down and something one of your friends says just make you laugh, and then you realise how lucky you are to be able to train, get these programs done for you. You just have to turn up and do them. Um, yeah, and no one else really gets to do that, and so yeah, just and the thought of doing another job, good God, I'd be I'd be terrible at nine to five. So yeah, there's heaps of little small things that just keep me coming back every year. Fantastic, Herb. Well, we are stoked to hear that you're not going anywhere anytime soon, and we can't wait oh. to see you back out on court. All the best for your return to play, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. The ANZ Premiership coaches, they'll be feeling the uncertainty as well. So joining us now is the Stars head coach, Kitty Wills. Firstly, how are you and how are you managing all this? Well, it's um, it's a very dynamic environment that we're working in at the moment. I, um, I just want to keep the girls positive and making sure that they know that whatever happens, we can get out there and we can play the game. So we're keeping things pretty simple and just moving with the times, really. How frustrating though is it, Kiz? This is, we're round six and you've only played two matches. And I know it wasn't even like your pre-season went smoothly. And I know we don't like to make excuses, but it must be frustrating. Yeah, look, we've had, um, since the end of season last year as a team, we've had four games um, against Premiership sides. So we feel... Um, we just feel like we need to get some momentum and that's what we want to do this weekend and we've got a game backing up hopefully on the following Wednesday so um, look I, I'm not really concerned about too much about what how we win um, we might have to win ugly but we've just got to get out there and, and play some netball It's um, it's been challenging for us as coaches to try and keep um, ideas fresh and keep the girls going and make, make it relevant and ensure that they feel like they're still improving while we've had all of these setbacks. But um, they're coping really well. We have seen quite a lot of improvement individually and now it's just about getting it out there on court. I wonder, Kerry, with all these games backing up, would you almost like to see a change in approach and actually just be told, all the teams be told, you simply have to play. You've got to put a team out. Doesn't matter who's in it, get these games played. 
Um, in theory, that sounds like a great idea, but the problem is that underneath us are our NNL teams and they're suffering from COVID-19 as well. So for example, our whole Comets team had nine out two weeks ago and the return to play programming is very conservative um, and rightly so, so that we look after our player pool and the younger players um, that are coming through because we don't want to get them out there too early. So, yep, you could say that, but whether or not we have the people to put on the court, that's that's the main issue. Um, for instance, last week, if we'd have gone ahead, we would have had um, two of our players on limited minutes and um, they were in the, there's, there was one up here that were in the same area of court. So then we looked to our Comets team below and our number one pick from the Comets, she was in isolation. Um, then we had a look at Emma Iverson again. She was in isolation. So you're going five to six feet in your player pool in one position and that becomes really difficult. We actually did ring up the pulse and we actually had Ainsleyana Puleata, who you would have seen last night, playing for the Pulse. We had her come to training on Friday. We had amazing training on Friday. We were ready to go. Um, and then we had to book her a plane home early on Friday because our game was cancelled. Yeah, and you must have been really desperate because because you even sent me a cheeky text. So thank <laughs> God that didn't have to happen. Um, but your uh, relationship... you're, you're safe at the moment, Stormy, but um, I think it might have been Adine who was on our list to call this week with our wing attacks and centres going down. <laughs> I just so vomited is... in my mouth. I just vomited <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> um... So it's, um, it depends where you get hit. Um, and what else is happening in your group? Because there are still your everyday niggles and injuries that you're managing. So, um, yeah, it's. I'm really looking forward to a year without all of this change and flux, really. But we'll be fine. You'll be we'll fine. get out there. We'll give it a crack. And, I mean, because it's great that you have managed to have um, built such good relationships with the rest of the coaches across the country. Obviously, we saw back in round one, you loaned Greer Sinclair, your training partner, to Helene Wilson. Now I understand the two of you have organised a midweek game just to keep momentum going. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so we actually um, also tossed up the option of us using our Sunday game slot to get that Mystics Stars game uh, one of our games away so that we could then free up a date later in the season um, to play some of these deferred games. But it was just, we were a little bit late with our ideas and um, by the time it sort of was floated, um, things had been cancelled and things like that. So Helene and I are keeping in contact. Um, I'm really grateful that the Mystics are agreeing to play us because they haven't had as many um, deferments as us and we really need this game. So. Um, it was an easy call. She had a game set up on Saturday morning um, against the men, and she said, you know, we could potentially fit you guys in there, but we'd just come off the back of a huge training, so um, my girls weren't ready. And particularly with the return to play um, protocols, we just didn't want to push them too hard. So tomorrow night works really well for both of us. I'm sure, Kerry, there's lots of reasons why you became a coach and it must have been lots of things you thought about. But I bet you never thought that you'd have to deal with something like a pandemic. I mean, does, does this really test your desire to be in the job? Um, I think there are times where I feel um, pretty exhausted, you know, and it's um, my team manager. She is a Trojan, man. That, those managers have got so much to reorganise. She booked and cancelled flights so many times in the last two weeks. But I think it is a great job 
I love doing what I do. The girls are amazing. And I think I did have a bit of a meltdown. <laughs> and when I melt down, it kind of comes, I get I get a little bit, um, I lose my sense of humor, Jenny. <laughs> and I lost my sense of humor with them one night. And, and, and I had to have a good look at myself because um, they're surviving too. So we've all just got to get in there and survive together because we're very lucky um, that we've got this job and we get to do something that we love and we're still going. Um, there's businesses out there that have closed and we, we just have to be grateful for what we've got. So, yep, at times I get a little bit tired and grumpy, but I'm uh, trying to contain that. Fantastic, because it's so nice and refreshing to hear some honesty and, and get it from the coach's perspective, because obviously we talk about the players all the time. So thank you so much for giving us your insight. And we really, really hope that you guys are back out on court there this weekend. Yes, we hope to put on a show for you guys too. And um, the same thing goes for you guys and your job and Sky, you know, trying to be flexible around all these new deferments and things like that. It's a challenge for everyone and looking forward to getting out there when we can. Thank you. Well, she's not wrong. We do want to see some netball out there. And us three ladies want to talk about some netball. We are feeling a bit deprived at the moment. But, Adine, what match of round six are you most looking forward to? Well, I have got the Magic Pulse match. It's the one, Jen, you are looking forward to as well. So I am really hoping that I get to do this match. I've only done two matches so far as well. So that one should be a cracker in Rotorua on Monday night. So... Fingers, toes, arms, everything are hopes in place so we can see these teams on court. Well, you can rest assured that I will be watching that one, Adine, but I will also be doing, I'm on the um, the Mystic Steel, but I think the, the beauty of this competition, because it is tight, there's only six teams, but there are really never any bad games, you know? Back in the day, there was, there were some that were a bit lopsided and you sort of thought, oh, well, you know, that'll be all right. But really now, I think the last few years, all this has evened up and you just think, look, it'll be, you know, this'll be great. And there's always something to look forward to. So, you know, lucky us. Lucky us. And yes, there is always netball to look forward to right here on Sky Sport. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. But from us here at Inside Netball, that is all. Kakite.